St. Dominic's Catholic Church presents a homily by Father Vincent Kelber on the Solemnity of Christ the King, November 24th, 2019. Today's Gospel is taken from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 23, verses 35 through 43, proclaimed by Deacon James Salcedo. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are a king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have all been condemned justly. For the sentence we receive corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Above him, there was an inscription that read, This is the King of the Jews. Not praise, not worship, not adoration, but mockery. A sign. This is the King of the Jews. Sometimes a surprise to people that this is not a very ancient feast, though the devotion is old. The feast was only established in 1925, and at that time it was at the end of October. It was established by Pope Pius XI after the then Great War, when he had felt that humanity was descending into violence, disorder, oppression, and disobedience. It was his hope that the crown of Christ draw the nations together as a community under the one banner of peace, honoring Christ, the true King, and, and honoring, bringing forth his kingdom of heaven in the world. Critics then, and even some now, would say that really was about his effort to support, in a spiritual way, all of the earthly monarchies, empires, crowns that were crumbling and fading away. Well, that's probably not really that fair. Sometimes that comes from our nation. 
as citizens of America, as people living in recent decades, perhaps we have trouble understanding Christ as king. This nation has always spurned kingship, and increasingly so pretense and pomp. Well, maybe the concept of what a king was is not well understood, so that in our times this feast runs the risk of becoming apologetic or defensive. And while not untrue, saying simply that this Christ is not about triumphalism, but service, not about a distant feudal lord, but one that walks among the people. And really, that's the whole point of Christ. He's all those things, as transcendent and imminent, close to us. A bridge between the old world, where kings were imagined to be at one time, and our world is perhaps a, a play, Henry V. Henry V is probably well known by many of us in one form or another. This play often shown, or films often made in various ways about this character, this historical figure, often then made in the times that it's written to embody current issues and troubles. Shakespeare, of course, in his play, Henry V, probably writes the most famous story of a character based on the king. And he describes well this balance of almost the absurdity of a king and his role. It's the part where Henry V is disguised in his camps among the soldiers about to go into battle. And he reflects on himself, what it means to be a king. And we can't hear these words without thinking of our king that we celebrate today, Christ the Lord. Upon the king, let our lives, our souls, our debts, our careful wives, our children, and our sins lay on the king. We must bear all, a hard condition, twin-born with greatness, subject to the breath of every fool. Shakespeare, I think, guides our modern sentiments and helps us understand that, ideally speaking, they're not so much different than the ancient ones. And we see this in the most important text of all, the Holy Gospels. And the Gospel chosen for this day perhaps isn't the one we have chosen for Christ the King. Because we come squarely with that aspect of the kingship of Christ that even the apostles desire to overlook, his crucifixion and death. But this aspect of his kingship cannot be overlooked. It is the most important aspect of his kingship, the cross, the cross where the Lord is enthroned, the cross where all sins lay on the king, the cross where Jesus reigns as King of the Jews. In recent centuries, earthly crowns have been increasingly more spare, sparing, fewer. But the crown of thorns remains forever, never can lose its relevance. For this is the kingship that the Lord wished to claim coming into the world. 
when the mother of James and John will well know, come to the Lord and say, Master, when you come into your kingdom and are seated on your throne as the king of Israel in, Jer in Jerusalem, seat my sons, one at your right and one at your left. And the whole story, of course, ends with the Lord gathering all of the twelve apostles and reminding them of what his kingship is and reminding them of what their role must be as well. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt. But it is not to be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be your slave. Just so the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the kingship of Christ to be honored. This is the kingship of Christ to be imitated. Coincidentally, this, this weekend, yesterday, was the feast day of Blessed Miguel Pro, a Jesuit priest and martyr of Mexico. Most of you probably know the story. In the 1920s, the great cry of the Mexican people, the Catholics, was Viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. It was the battle cry of the Cristeros, the Catholics who resisted the very vocal, very violent, and radically secular Mexican government who actively persecuted the church, burning down churches, tearing them to their foundations, killing many. This has an effect on our history, maybe not lived memory for most, but for some. It has an effect on our history here in California, as many came north and founded religious um, monasteries and congregations here. Religious were in exile, like Miguel Pro was for a while. This was right on our borders. Some of our families came here because of this. Mine did. Mine witnessed martyrdoms and lost the lands in this war. Father, the father of Father Albert Buckley, Gerald Buckley, who used to serve here, at least to live here, his father was a train conductor, and his route dipped into Mexico, and he remembers the martyrs hanged on all the telephone poles. Well, not all were martyrs. There were Barabbases among them, too, I'm sure. But the point being that they we witnessed this war firsthand. The GoPro died in 1927. The first martyr we have photographs of is death. And his cry at the end was probably this, Viva Cristo Rey. We have pictures of him with his, cross, his arms extended across. Martyrs rarely luck into martyrdom, if you can call that luck. Usually, there's grace at work. There's a lot of grace at work, not only in the moment, but in preparation. Miguel Pro was a prayerful man. He had decided to go back to Mexico and serve the people. In prayer, he had dedicated himself to the Lord on the sake, for, for the sake of his people. And he served them at great risk to himself, sometimes with humorous stories of him in disguise. Not like Henry V, but in a different way, to serve the people, hear their confessions, 
to secretly say Mass, to guide the people in hope. He gave his life for them. He laid down his life for the sake of Christ and for his people. The saint this weekend reminds us then of what it means for us to, to embrace the kingship of Christ. The kingship that not only we honor, but we share it. For we know that in baptism, we are established in the kingship of Christ. So we recognize the truth of the kingship that wears that crown of thorns and lays down the life for others in the Lord, in the saints, and in our own life. In summarizing the Second Vatican Council, the Catechism talks about how we, as the people of God, share in the royal office of Christ. And we fulfill our royal destiny by a life in keeping with the vocation to serve Christ. This happens in two ways. First, by honoring the Lord. Honoring and giving profound thanks for the crown he wore, the crown he came to bear, that of thorns. To ever honor him in his death, and his victory over death through the glorious resurrection. But we also honor Christ, the servant of all, and following him in that same service. The Catechism continues on saying that we reign by serving him, most especially when we serve him, and the poor, and the suffering. The kingship of Christ that is laid upon us is not one of a golden crown in this life, but rather the crown of thorns in walking with the Lord in the way of the cross. And like Veronica, wiping his face with our own devotion and prayer, but it is also walking with whoever wears the crown of suffering in the world by our prayers, by our works of mercy, to be with them. This is our responsibility at sharing in the kingship of Christ. Just as Christ is both transcendent and close to his people, so it is our kingship must be the same. We must pray and honor Christ our God, King of the universe, and yet, like him, walk and be with those who suffer to give them strength and courage in the heart of Christ our Lord. To do less would be to participate in that same mockery that our Lord experienced on the cross so long ago as he was hanging beneath that sign that said, the King of the Jews. Rather, for us, we must be like the good thief who sees through all of this and recognizes the power of God, looks upon the Lord and sees a king in his glory upon the throne, that sees that it is truly his hour, as he told the apostles, but they did not understand. And he saw and he asked, Lord, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. This must be our prayer. To recognize how Christ wins that kingdom and that he does 
through his crowning with this crown of thorns. But it's there then that we know that only in Christ, only in the true God, can victory be accomplished through such suffering, through death. Because of his power as God and the glorious resurrection. With the good thief, we must proclaim, with the saints, we must proclaim, Viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ our King, King of the world, King of the universe.